On this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, Cody and I give you an injury update from Tank Dale. And we look at the importance of re-signing JG52. Don't go nowhere. Locked On Texans. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 Texans fans across the nation, the country, and of course, especially in the city of Houston, to this Wednesday episode mm. of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If this is your first time watching or listening to Locked On Texans podcast, thank you for stopping by, first and foremost. Welcome mm-hmm. to the family. Welcome to the house. Me, Casa Su Casa. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And to all of our returning listeners, lending your ear for another episode and now for another year. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming back as we continue to talk Texans here on the Locked On Texans podcast. Uh, we will be looking at the injury update from Tank Dale, the importance of re-signing John Grenard, and two rookies. Your number two overall pick, your number three overall pick, named Rookie of the Year. But I'm your Texas football analyst, Johnson Sports Car Hickman, on the other side of the screen. As always, Sports Illustrated's own. They ain't going nowhere. Mm. Texas credential media member, Cody Davis. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prospects.com or download the app on your phone. Use a code lowercase, all lowercase, locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Exit interviews were happening Mm -hmm. uh, this week. Unfortunately, happening now instead of after the Super Bowl, right? Mm. Cody, let's get an injury update from Tank Dale and how has his experience been? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Monday morning, uh, we had an opportunity to hear from Tank Dale from the first time since he went down with that um, devastating leg injury that took place in the first first quarter of the Texans victory against the Denver Broncos. Um, John, you talked about his spirits, man. Look, I understand Tank Dale wasn't on the field um, helping his team close out the season. However, Tank was definitely around um, probably a week after the surgery. He was always in the building. I remember a couple weeks ago when he was the repping H-Town honoree in their regular season home closing game against the Tennessee Titans. Um, C.J. Stroud. Coach D'Amico Ryan, Nico Collins, everybody talked about the energy that Tank Dell had provided on the sideline. And that same type of energy that he provided on the sideline during that same game was the same type of energy that he made sure that he maintained throughout the entire season, despite not being healthy for the last quarter of the year. So, you know, Tank Dell Spears is high. And this is what he had to say about his recovery process. Um, physically, I'm good. You know, I'm back walking. I'm, I've been back walking. But, um, you know, rehab with our trainers has been great. They've been leading the way. And I've been just listening to everything they're telling me to do. And it's been good. So I'll be back soon. Yeah, um, I just felt like that was a test run for me. You know, I, I had a lot more to display. But, you know, you know, God put you through things for a reason. So I just keep my head up because I know, you know, it's the years to come going to be special here. So, you know, the 
it's gonna be good. Definitely. Um, like I said, you know, that was just a, a starting point of where we want to be. You know, um, everybody know the end goal is the Super Bowl, so you know, from this day forward, this is what we're working towards. So, Tank Dale finished his rookie season with 47 catches for 709 yards. John, I think is crazy. And and ATDs or seventies, he had a lot of TDs. He had a lot of touchdowns, but once again, forty-seven catches, seven hundred and nine yards, and to say that that was a quote-unquote test run <laughs> is part of the reason why when you look at the Houston Texans' future, man, you have to get excited about it because Tank Dell is one of those guys who you know. Yesterday we talked about this team building building from a steady foundation and tank Dell is definitely part of the reason why they have that steady foundation but his recovery is doing well he told us that he's definitely going to be ready by training camp which is a very good sign awesome. and awesome. it's not for me it's not the fact that he's going to be ready for training camp it's the fact that his recovery process is speeding ahead and look i look at this from a situation you know sometimes when players go down with a season ending injury you know we come on this show and be like well you got to give it some time for him to get his legs back and all that other stuff and it will be true for tank Dell. however man once he get back out there on the field i think it's gonna be full go for him but the thing about tank Dell and, and what he brings to this team he, he's a guy and, and coming out i thought man the the max but max potential Boy. for tank Dell, i thought would have been around like tyler lockett mm-hmm. and tyler lockett is a baller in this league right but he's a guy that can if he's being maximized, maximized in his full capacity on the football field, you, then you'll have other guys have big moments. Hmm. And that's the type of player and wide receiver I think Tyndale will be for this franchise until they add uh, to this receiving uh, core, which they will this offseason, make no doubt about it. Hmm. Like if you look at when when Tank Dale was on the field, some of the bigger games came from Noah Brown came when Tank Dale was on the field. Bigger moments mm-hmm. when Tank Dale on the field, right? Even when you look at some of the bigger and, and more consistent moments from Robert Woods, Tank Dale was on the field. You got guys that he can take a top off of defense. We've seen him do that this year. The Jags game, a couple of callbacks. The Broncos game was a callback. The Cardinals had a callback game. But he's had moments where he's been able to take a top off of a defense. You know what you're going to get out of Nico, right? Kind of you know, get some yak or get some possession receiving going. But then you got guys that can just come in and kind of do their thing in the middle of that defense, right? Picking apart. And, you know, I'm going to just drag across or score here, get involved there. And so Houston getting Tank, Tank Dale back in, in a good amount of time. No rush, and he's ahead of schedule, which is very positive to hear. But Tank – CJ, Nico, and whoever they add, you're looking at a potential offense that for this franchise can be record-breaking. Hmm. We saw how they broke records for the sacks this year, and that's still mind-boggling. With the impact Tank Dale can have on this offense with CJ Stroud as his quarterback, and those two already having chemistry and camaraderie on the field and off the field. And him being around his franchise, you know, going down with an injury, but still sticking around. Coach game to close out the year, the playoff game, and how close knit those guys are. I can't help but think to myself how long this will be something uh, that fans will be able to see. How long coaches will be able to coach the duo of Tank Dell 
in uh, C.J. Stroud because I think he will be that impactful for this team. Saturday was a Tank Dale type of game. Huh. Right? You know, Nico Collins had his moments, six catches, I believe, for 60-something yards, but nobody else was able to get open and beat that Ravens defense. And I kept thinking to myself, man, if C.J. had Tank Dale out there, this may, may have been a different outcome. And so uh, shout-out to Tank. Can't wait to see him back on the field in due time, of course, because mm. for this franchise, we'll need Tank Dell. Mm. He is that impactful of a player. Really quick before moving on, in the 10 games that Tank Dell did play, the Houston Texans wide receiving unit averaged a combined 307 yards in the Seven games that he missed due to that broken leg, they went down to an average of 209 yards. So you're literally looking at a 100 yards difference with Tankdale yeah. out there on the field. We all know those last seven games that the Texans played without Tankdale services. Um, a lot more was put on Nico Collins' plate. And he answered. And he and, answered yeah, the call several too. times. In a Especially way. against Indy. And, in and look, look. No, and of course, that's no disrespect at Nico. I mean, that just shows you once again something that you and I've been talking about over the last two years. If he stays healthy and you give him a really good quarterback, I mean, we could potentially be looking at a top 10, top 15 wide receiver in this league. However, it's just another situation where it's like, okay, you got CJ, you got Nico, but you definitely need another option for your quarterback. And of course, without a shadow of a doubt, Tank Dell is definitely that other option. Absolutely. And again, when he's out on that field, everybody else can eat. Hmm. Plain and simple. We got to talk about the importance of re-signing John Bernard, JG52, on the other side. I think that's going to be an interesting conversation. Can't wait to dive into it. But first, I'm excited to tell you guys about Prospects, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The most exciting way and easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You're not battling me. You're not battling Cody. You're not battling other Locked On Texan listeners or viewers. You're not battling nobody else. It's just you against the numbers. You pick the more than or less than on two to six player stat projections. Sit back and watch the winnings roll in. Basketball season is popping right now, so you can now do combo projections until the NFL season is officially over, where you can do projections across football and basketball, from the Specials League, a league created specifically combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, mm, let's see how you feeling tonight. You want to go with Jalen Green with a combined, I don't know, uh, Jalen Green and Travis Kelsey. Ten and a half combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. You may want to take the less than on that because Jalen Green has been the best. But that's what prize picks offer, and they also offer reboot policies so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For example, uh, if you have a player that exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only Daily Fantasy Sports Platform with an insurance policy, injury insurance policy. So you cannot beat that. Go to prospects.com slash locked on NFL or simply download the app on your phone and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, use promo code locked on NFL for a deposit match up to $100. 
Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. I, I just want to share a quick story with you guys. So, John and myself, we, we text literally all day, you know, trying to put together the show, bouncing off ideas off of one another. And uh, what, John, we, we start texting like, what, at 8 30, 9 o'clock in the morning? I hit you with, time the, we get real early, yeah. <laughs> with the good morning, bro, whatever the case might be. So, Monday, we're in the locker room. And, you know, it's lockout clean-out day. You know, I'm standing in. Of course, we all know the situation going on with Jonathan Bernard. Um, he had a phenomenal career season. Um, but as of right now, you know, he's up for – it's his contract year. You know, he, he's he's going to be on the free agency market. So I text John. I said, hey, John, we got to look at this. JG might be done, unfortunately, in Houston. John hits me with the piece outside. I said, that sucks. He said, what happened? I think his confidence is shot. He's no longer the man, and he has no friends on the team. Plus, Fred Van Vliet doesn't fit well with him. I said, bro, I'm talking about Grenard, not Jalen Green. <laughs> hey, listen, I didn't know what bag you're in. Y'all know Cody also covers the Houston Rockets, and they had a game that night. <laughs> Sometimes and and unfortunately, James, not James, but unfortunately, Jelly Green did not have a good game. But I apologize, y'all, because I did say JG, and a lot of time I address Jelly Green as JG. But I just wanted to throw that in there because that is a funny story. Got, but we got to look at the importance of re-signing John Grenard, who, Mm -hmm. like you said, Cody, career highs across the board, Mm -hmm. And, and and this is a player that in his sophomore year we saw what he could be for this team. He battled injuries when he first came into the league his, his mm-hmm. uh, rookie year. Sophomore year, didn't finish the year out. Third year was difficult for him. He even had some difficulties this year. But I think when you look at what John Grenard was able to do uh, for this franchise, I mean, you can't talk you can't talk enough about how he improved as a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I mean, just adding different moves to his bag, right? Uh, finding creative ways to get after the quarterback. And if he's not getting after the quarterback, he's getting tackles for loss. And if he's not necessarily bringing the quarterback down, he's knocking that quarterback – he got quarterback hits and he's causing pressure, which could possibly cause an interception on the back end. Or maybe somebody else steps up in the pocket and they get those sacks. Remember those two monster games by Shelter Rankins and Malik Collins? Mm-hmm. The edge defenders did a very good job for Houston of just kind of disrupting that pocket. And, and, and the tackles were able to feast on that. But John Grenard had an amazing year. And I think for Houston, it is it is very important for them to get a deal done that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I'm also going to add this. Like when we look at John Grenard right now, between 18.5 to 20 million, I think, is the range. Um, the, the, the franchise tag for DNs right now, edge rushes, I believe, is $22 million. John Grenard hasn't been healthy enough consistently to get that top top money. And I can see Houston maybe backloading his contract a little bit or adding extra incentives. However, they get the deal done, mm-hmm. that'll be curious to see. But I think 18.5 to 20 million is fair, honestly. Also, considering that their major contracts aren't going to come up until four years from now when you look at CJ and Will Anderson. That's number that's number two. But the only way I think Houston should move on from John Grenard, and this will make sense, is if they are getting an absolute upgrade player at that position. Now, there could be a player uh, 
in the AFC South already. That's also a free agent. When you look at Josh Allen, um, 17 sacks this year. Josh Allen had a monster year for the uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe Houston looks at at him as an upgrade over uh, over um, Grenard. Excuse me, yeah, over over Grenard, which would make sense. Uh, but outside of that, in, in Jonathan Allen, Josh Allen has 45 sacks from his career, 17 and a half this year, also an interception. Uh, he had a monster year for that for that defense. But outside of that, I don't see another player that maybe Brian Burns from Carolina. Uh, maybe you look at Chase Young. He was linked to Houston before. He was linked to Houston before. Maybe Chase Young. But honestly, at this stage in their career, I would probably take uh, John Grenard over Chase Young, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I do think Chase Young did benefit from being around the uh, San Francisco 49ers in this past year once he got traded. But honestly, guys, I, I think John Grenard should be a Houston uh, Texan moving forward. No doubt about it. Unless, uh, again, unless that money could be used to either upgrade at that position and with who's on the market, that's a slim options, or if Houston feels like there is a different route they could go and get the same production from another player, maybe via draft or another player on free agency we're not talking about, and they can save some of that money to spread out throughout the other parts of the team. Financially, if that is the case, when we get to the end of offseason and we're looking at why, well, they did use that extra $10 million that they saved to address an important position here, an important position there, and that made the overall team better, I don't think I can argue with that logic, but bringing back John Grenard, I think kind of got to get done unless they have a different vision. Uh, There's two things I want to piggyback off with you said. Look, I'm all, I agree with you. The only other pass rusher that I would say I would be okay with the Texans replacing John Grenard's services with is Josh Allen. In my opinion, I will consider him definitely top five in the league to probably top five, number five. But I feel like, if you go after Josh Allen, you're gonna to have to throw the bag at him, and you want to put, and then the Texans are gonna put themselves in a situation where they will definitely have to spend more in bringing in the guy of Josh Allen's services, where you can literally get close to the production that Jonathan Grenard can give you. You know, he's definitely probably gonna come at best with a hometown discount. Um, the, the, the chase young thing, I'm definitely staying away from only because look, you're talking about a guy who is talented, but who has been dealing with injuries basically ever since he came in the league. Unfortunately, that has been chase young, um, Brian Burns, like I mentioned, he was linked to the Houston Texans more so a couple years back for the whole Deshaun Watson trade package and stuff. But look, I mean, at this point, call me crazy, John, but I'm taking the services of John Grenard over Brian Burns. No disrespect to Brian. I just think John Grenard is a little bit better, but I just look at John Grenard. If I'm Nick Casario and I'm D'Amico Ryans, and of course, you know, as of right now, as we speak, they are putting together, let's say, the 10 most important tasks that they need to get done this offseason. John Grenard needs to be number one on that list, plain and simple, because there's two things. We have been around John Grenard for, what, about three, four seasons now? And throughout his whole entire career, there's two things that you and I have been talking about ever since his rookie season. He has to stay healthy and he Mm -hmm. needs to be in a system where he can thrive because even during the time he was with Anthony Reaver in his rookie season and then the last two seasons, he was with um, Lovey Smith as his defensive coordinator. He, we still saw potential. So it was like, okay, 
if he could just stay healthy and then literally get in a real updated version of a defensive scheme in 2023, this young man's career is definitely going to take off. And what happened? He stayed healthy this season. You know, unfortunately, before missing what the last two, three games of the regular season, but he stayed healthy. He was inside of Coach D'Amico Ryan's defensive scheme that literally worked for damn near everybody who touched the field on the defensive side of the ball. And not only that, he is basically the perfect match to Will Anderson Jr., both on and off the field. And he's one of the veterans and leaders within the locker room. So I just look at this from a standpoint. I, I just hope without a shadow of a doubt, look, I understand. We are now talking about the business side of football and Grenard even talked about it on Saturday right after the game. Like, he wants to be in the city of Houston. He loves this city. He loves this franchise. Of course, the winning over this past year um, definitely helped that in, in general. But even when the Texans were going through the turmoil and everything, man, you could you could genuinely tell that he had love for this city and love for this franchise over the last couple of seasons ever since he's been here. And I just look at John Grenard, man, and I'm, I'm just thinking to myself – if you could lock him up for the next three years, because I do believe that this, you know, I hate to call it like this, especially after talking to Sheldon Rankins about the myth of the championship window. But we are sitting here talking about the Houston Texans are now on the map. The Houston Texans will definitely be a team that if they're not going to be in championship contention next year, definitely come 2025. And to your point, your cornerstone players, Tank Dale's on a rookie contract. Will Anderson Jr. is on a rookie contract. Lord have mercy when they're going to have to pay C.J. Stroud. Lord have mercy. But he's on a rookie contract. This is a time that you need to make sure that you build around your young core. And, and John Grenard has proven that he is definitely the ideal candidate both on yeah. and off the field, man. That has to be the number one task that they have to do this offseason, man. And it's not like Houston can't get better at that position. With retaining Grenard, mm-hmm. with having Will Anderson on the, on the other side, because, you know, they may have a guy in the draft that they really can fall in love with. And they say, you know what, man, down the line, we really like him. But but to that point, if you have John Grenard, and let's say, okay, so let's say you 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 re-sign John Grenard at the early part of March. Now you're in the draft, you really like a guy. Let's say if you you draft a your you know his replacement in what the fourth or fifth round. I'm just throwing the scenario out there. That's gonna give him time to develop because you right, don't have to throw I'm, him out there. And that's what I'm getting at. I mean, they brought in Majay. I don't think Majay will return this season, uh next season. Um and Majay has some moments, but but I think Barnett will return. I don't see mm-hmm. Jerry Hughes returning. And so oh, now you look at a situation with right, and it rightfully so. I think he went out on top his way, playing for his hometown <laughs> team, made the playoffs. But you're looking at a situation where, okay, you got, you got Will, you got Grenard, you got Barnett. Who else do you have? Mm-hmm. So that position still needs to be upgraded. And Houston may fall in love with a guy in the draft, and they say, you know what, eventually he can be this. Hmm. But investing in your team, listen, one thing that the Houston Texans did a few years ago that I thought was honestly outrageous was getting rid of uh, DJ Reader. No, not oh, DJ Reader, oh. but Charles Omenehu. Oh, Omenehu. yeah. yeah. But he kind of wanted to leave. Yeah, but uh, th- there was some internal things going on at the time. Mm. right? And I thought that emotions got too high. But he was a player that you kind of needed a guy like that, right? Mm-hmm. So. 
you want to make sure this defensive line has the depth that they deserve to constantly get out the quarterbacks without having to see uh, an extra guy or, you know, all these blisses. Throughout the year, Houston didn't bliss a lot. Mm-hmm. Only time we've seen Houston bliss a lot was in the game <laughs> against Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. But throughout the year, they didn't bliss a lot. They like to get that pressure with a four-man front. And and, and keeping John Gennard, who did a very good job of doing that, is the way to go. Now, John Gennard did say on this was his response to on if uh, he wanted to come back to the to the Texans. He said, "Yeah, I figure someone would ask me, uh, ask me that man at this point. They know I love Houston. I know I definitely want to come back, but as we know, that's not up to me at this point. I can't do much more. I feel like I put my portfolio put my my portfolio out there and close that chapter, and the rest will take care of itself. Hmm. You want to you want to be back." Hmm. And he here's what back. and here was Coach D'Amico Ryans had to say 24 hours after that statement. We would like to feel that all of our free agents love to be here and they enjoy playing here in Houston. Again, special place, special team, uh, special organization. So I think most of our guys would love to be back here. Uh, Jonathan specifically, he did a, a really great job for us. I think it's his most his productive year, his best year of his career. He did some really great things to allow us to be in position to win some games, right? You, Everything I believe in, it starts up front with the with the rush, all right, and also with the offensive line and protecting. So you know, we'll continue to build with our fronts, start at the front and build backwards. That's how I envision it. And you know, Jonathan had a really great year. Start at the front and build backwards. They want him back. They they know they know how impactful he can be on their defense. And again, I'm going to re- reiterate this: you do not move on from John Grenard unless you feel. There is a definitive upgrade at that position. And then Nick Casario talks about this all the time. You got a player, you like the player, okay, but how does that player fit for what we're also trying to do financially? Mm-hmm. All of that comes into play when you're dealing with Nick Casario and his front office. Uh, so it's going to get interesting for the next couple of weeks. My betting odds are that Grenard comes back. Hmm. Yeah, my better not is Grenard comes back and we still know what's gonna happen with Jalen Green. <laughs> Listen, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers. Roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, or all three, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Here you go. It didn't fit. Here you go. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, that is ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back in Locked on Texans listeners and viewers. Excuse me, Cody. You got some good news. For the fans out there, y'all got some recognition around the league. Boy, this team will have some uh some some uh primetime games next year. The mm-hmm. Texans and Ravens game. 
about 30.1 million viewers. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. So yeah. They're going to have some primetime games, but also because they got some primetime players. Will Anderson, CJ Stroud. What was their name? Rookie of the Year. <laughs> yes, sir. So Tuesday afternoon, we got word that the Pro Football Writers of America has named CJ Stroud Offensive Rookie of the Year and Will Anderson Jr. Defensive Rookie of the Year, which could that be a precursor of the official league award in the next couple of weeks? Mm. Just throwing that out there. But, you know, those mm. two guys, man, look, without a shadow of a doubt, if that is, if that does become the realistic award for both of those guys, man, they definitely deserve it. You know, of course, without a shadow of a doubt, um, CJ Stroud is definitely running away with um, Offensive Rookie of the Year. But, you know, Will Anderson Jr., it's a little bit more, you know, competitive for him. But at the same time, um, you know, you got to, it's one of them situations. I, I think the only other rookie that I could think of that might have, that might get it over Will Anderson Jr. is Jalen Carter um, from the Philadelphia Eagles. However, John, you know me, when he comes this, this, this close, I look at which player has the more impact of winning. And it's crazy to say, but Will Anderson Jr. had more of an impact of the Houston, Texas winner than Carter did, especially out of the way Philadelphia season ended. But, you know, shout out to those two guys, man. You know, like I said earlier on in the show yesterday, we talked about this team building upon the strong foundation that they built. And when you look at this foundation, man, it starts with three people. Coach D'Amico Rines, C.J. Stroud, and Will Anderson Jr. Yeah. Uh, we gotta talk about because this is something actually, guys. And when I say this, y'all probably think I, I'm I'm not telling the truth here. But Clint Sterner, sixteen radio, y'all mm-hmm. know who he is. Talked about the uh, Texans O line uh, Tuesday, and it wasn't in the best of lights. Mm-hmm. And so Cody and I, Brandon K. Scott as well, we've had a conversation dating back to. I want to say maybe October mm-hmm. about the realization of you know one of those tackles should be moved on from that old line, man. And and if not moved on from heavily contract heavily restructured. So I think that's a a conversation and topic we should have this week because mm-hmm. we wait until the offseason to have it. Shout out mm-hmm. to happening on the radio on 16 radio so shout out to those boys but uh man when you look at when you when you look at i just feel like there's a lot lacking in the run game for houston mm-hmm. the exterior offensive lineman the interior was banged up beat up but for the most part we've we've known who's going to be the left tackle and the right tackle for the most part this year mm-hmm. and I don't think there was real support there in the run game for this O-line from those two positions. And I I thought Larry Tunsil at the time wasn't as impactful as a $23 million left tackle should be, Uh right? And I also look at Titus Howard. And by the way, I I think both of those guys are, are damn good players. But I also think Titus Howard has become a little expendable a little bit. Mm. Uh, so that's a conversation I would love to have this week. Now, you know, but, just oh, go ahead. Just, just to throw that out there. 
But I, I do want to say, man, that offensive line is going to be one of the main topics throughout the whole offseason because, John, you're talking about the tackles. I'm more interested to see what they're going to do at left guard and center. Because uh, I think Juice should be a starting center next year. But that's you the got thing. away I with Bader. You got away with Patterson. No, you ain't get away with, with Patterson, man. Patterson balled out. And that's with. where I, I, I look at it from a standpoint. Like, I feel like, and I understand, he was drafted to be a center. But Juice Scrubs still look good at left guard. But you mm-hmm. cannot deny mm-hmm. and not what, what, what Jared Patterson came in and did. He looked I, damn good at center. I, 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 I think um, – and then you still got this issue going on with Kenyon Green. Yeah, you do. So I think I think his, his that's I think, I think that's gonna be the training camp battle, or one of the training camp battles, because we I know you were drafted at were 13. Yeah, yeah, 15, I think so. 15, 13, 13, 13 years old. I know you were drafted there, and <laughs> that don't mean nothing. No, and, and we've seen D'Amico Ryan, if you're not performing we got another guy that can come in and perform well mm-hmm. so i do think that left guard center combo is going to be a very interesting conversation to look at moving forward and uh, we know that they extended shaq mason yeah um but you know how how long like is there another is there another young guy that can come in and Provide more. Shaq Mason had a good year, by the way. So I yeah, don't he, take he had a good year. Yeah. And then in the midst of all this, and look, I, I know without a shadow. George Fan also tweeted, "Thank you, Houston." Yeah, I know. That's what I was about to get at. Like without a shadow of a doubt, I'm like ninety percent sure. Unfortunately, George Fan, who was one of my guys in the locker room, by the way, um, but I mean George Fan, man, he had a phenomenal career. I mean, a, a phenomenal season in Houston. So. The makeup of this offensive line, man, is going to be very interesting, man. But like, like John, I know we're going to get into it, you know, throughout this whole entire offseason. But that left guard center combination, man, it's going to be something. And I just hate this for Kenyon Green because now he's two years behind. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Out there, go bust some heads. If Kenyon Green goes out there and is completely moving bodies. And, and being able to open up running lanes for whoever's at running back, which is a conversation. Hmm. Okay, but if he's not, we've got two guys we just brought in who we believe can perform better than you. And Kendrick Green is also a guy that we should look at for Houston. Depth purposes is where, you know, right, left guard, right? So it's going to get interesting, man. Y'all make sure y'all listen today, tomorrow, the day after that, and forever and ever hmm. here on the Locked On Texas podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube. Give us a follow. On Twitter, X at Locked On Texans, and shoot me a follow at John underscore Hickman 12 as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Young Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.